Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,822. Today we're going overland. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Wilmington, North Carolina, with a very special guest by the name of Aaron Richardet. So, Aaron, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Yes, sir. All right. Now, as the time we're recording this, you guys are dealing with a little gas issue, aren't you, over there in North Carolina? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're, we're day four into the shortage. Oh, yeah, well, I hope this ends very quickly for you because, uh, boy, if anything will shut you down quick, especially in the automotive industry, it's a lack of getting fuel. But uh seems like you're handling it okay? Yes, sir. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Great. Well, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing, Aaron, that most people don't know about you? Um... You know, that I grew up on a farm in, in Missouri. At the end of the day, I live at the beach. I surf and, and, and live the beach life, but I'm actually a farm boy at heart. You're a surfer. Well, uh, I grew up a surfer. Grew up in Southern California. Used to surf just about every day. I have not done that in a long time, and I certainly do miss it. So what took a, a, a farm boy to the beach to start surfing? You, you know, it's... I, People spend their whole lives in the Midwest and their ultimate big dream is to visit the beach for vacation and or when they get, you know, 30, 40 plus years in, they retire at the beach. And so my wife and I, we went to the same high school and everything. So we decided that, you know, let's skip the working in the Midwest and raising the family out there part and just come out to the beach early. And that's what we did. Well, good for you. That's pretty cool. That's a big, bold step. And you took another big, bold step. You started a very cool company, which we're going to talk about. So let me give you a proper introduction. Aaron Richardet is the founder of Osprey Custom Cars. He and his team have been doing LS3 engine conversions into the Land Rover Defender since 2013. What started as a hobby business in 2008 has become a company where they are the visionaries and crafters behind the world's most cutting-edge and timeless overland vehicles. Their most recent modern classic is a soft-top convertible, perfect for putting the top down, throwing your board in the back, and going to the beach. A thoroughly modern interpretation of the classic 1993 Land Rover Defender 110, Aaron has taken his entrepreneurial dream and transformed his love for Land Rovers to a no-excuses, ground-up builder of full-frame restorations. What fun you're having. Absolutely. We'll be back in just a minute, yeah, to learn more about what he and his team are up to. But first, a word from our sponsors. They make this show possible, so give them a little listen, and we will be right back. Cowabunga surfs up. One of your vehicle's interior surfaces that gets a lot of abuse is your dashboard. The sun beats down and those damaging UV rays cause massive heat cycles, resulting in color changes and sometimes cracks. My friends at Covercraft have a great solution for you and for me. Their custom-tailored dash mats protect your dash from heat buildup while providing a stylus solution. You can choose from a variety of styles and colors, including carpet, suede mat, that's the one I have for my vehicles, Carhartt limited edition velour mats, and the Ultimat for trucks and SUVs. Another great benefit of your Covercraft dash mat 
is that it eliminates the harsh glare the sun produces from your dash to the inside of your windshield, which can make driving a hazard. Covercraft's Dash Mat Design Center is located in Arizona, where they know about harsh sun. I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework. I shopped around and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo That's right, the one I call my orange crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 224 9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. All right, Aaron, we're back. Now you got my brain on the beach and surfing. That looks like, sounds like a wonderful way to spend the afternoon here. Let's go a little deeper into the corner. I want you to start by talking about how this whole thing with Osprey started and then what took you out of what was your job then to say, you know what, I think I'll move to the beach and build these for people. I mean, that's a big, bold move, my friend. So Aaron, take the wheel. Yeah, you know, like you, you kind of hit it, and the truth be told is, is I, I never sit still. I'm always busy. People that know me, and I think any entrepreneur that's really truly an entrepreneur really works every day, not because we have to, but because we love it. We like to invent things. We like to create things. We like to stay busy. And so I was able to kind of take that farmer mentality, that entrepreneurialship, and in my free time, I kind of just started in my garage. Just from the tinkering and playing with them, I, I fell in love with the Land Rover Defenders when I first saw them in 1993, 94. And then once I could finally afford one and got into it, so just from working on them and playing on them and then started making a little bit of money as a hobbyist. And then it just really grew from there. You know, I I have a horrible or a good knack of basically turning any kind of hobby into a business opportunity. <laughs> and and that's what it was. You know, I was, I was telling a couple today that came out and visited us uh, from uh, Boulder, Colorado. You know, it started one of those things. I was in my garage and then we grew into a, a two bay garage and just one employee up to, I think I counted today, we got 19 guys wow. and 22,000 22, square feet facility that we work out of here. So it just, it just blossomed. And, you know, and I told other people that we were kind of slow to build. We were doing some things. And back in 2013, when we kind of went from diesel to the LS3s, that's when we started to really pick up. And in about 2015, 2016, we really started catching momentum and pushing ourselves above the rest of our competition to really build basically brand new trucks. You know, this is pretty cool because you went from, you think about Land Rovers, Defenders, those wonderful British vehicles that were basically created to be workhorses. They were on farms. They were used for military applications, fording through some really tough parts of the world. And then when they brought the 
Range Rover over to the U.S., it was really people were pretty much not buying it in the early days because of what it was. It was because of the feeling it gave them of being this English country gentleman or woman or going to the polo. I mean, they they sold a lifestyle, which is pretty cool, which you've continued. Let me start by asking the name of your company. Now, Osprey is a, a really cool Seahawk or Riverhawk. Did the company name come from your love for the ocean? Yeah, it, it sure did. So two things. One right here in, in Wilmington, UNC has a school here, UNCW, and that's their that's their mascot is the Seahawk. Ah, okay. And then we also have the Marine base right above us at Camp Lejeune, and they fly the V-22 Ospreys. Yeah. And so when you kind of take all that and then you could be there to shop or, you know, at home and on the ri- and rivers, and like you said, they're on the rivers here and they're on the ocean, you'll see the Seahawks and they're just an impressive bird. And so we kind of tied in the locality along with the military aspect and um and that's where the name name was born very cool so let me have you talk more about what you're building because you're taking this iconic vehicle and turning it into something i think probably a lot more reliable a lot faster uh, shifts easier smoother i mean you do a lot of different things so kind of walk us through what exactly you're doing there with these incredible builds we, we have we have two main processes that we focus on we do complete frame off restoration so you can send yours and we can create it back to its original state and so we do probably 10 to 12 what we call frame off nas restorations a year and then we do probably another 10 to 15 NAS, which is what NAS stands for North American spec. We'll take those trucks down and from the outside, they'll look stock, but underneath it's all of our brand new running gear. It's all our proprietary wiring harnesses and brackets. And for those trucks, they're kind of the chameleons of the crowd. And then our other branch is going to be where we take and build a brand new truck from all brand new parts from the frame up. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Well, talk a little bit about the power plants in these because I understand we got things like a 5.3 liter LC9 V8. You've got automatic transmissions that are very smooth shifting. So you, you've turned these things into, I won't say luxury mobiles because that doesn't sound right, but a lot more comfortable to drive. Well, what we've actually done is, so it's interesting, the LC9 was one we were using for a while and it's actually actually gotten very difficult to get crate ones. So we've actually kind of given up on the LC9. We've actually delivered the last couple that we had in crates this year. And we've really transitioned into nothing but the LS3 um, because I still have a good line in at GM to get them brand new. So we order straight from General Motors. We get the 6L80s, the six-speed automatic straight from General Motors. And we're able to come up with a package so that if it ends up in Washington, we can service it, we can warranty it, we can make sure everything stays on tap. We can work with local vendors there. The fact that you have an American drivetrain and you're OBD2 compliant. We use HP Tuner software. So pretty much any performance or regular upscale kind of shop can can plug into these. So one thing I tell our people all the time is, is you don't take it to the GM dealer and you don't take it to the Land Rover dealer. Those two guys, are, they're, they're factory authorized and that's all they know is factory. We've got a homogulation of the two. And so we're looking for performance shops and, and local shops that work on your car right when they fall out of warranty, those kind of shops, because they can see through it and they probably have HP tuners and then we can talk them through anything. And the reason we did it that way is because our trucks end up all over the United States and, and Canada. So we needed something that very reliably that we could 
talk people through and keep them on the road so you can enjoy it. Because I think you said earlier, it's a lifestyle choice. So, you know, you go to Nantucket, you go to the Southern California, you go down to Texas and you'll see these Land Rover Defenders. And it's just part of the image and part of the lifestyle that people are trying to achieve. But we're trying to make it more reliable and way more serviceable. And then, you know, now we're 435 horsepower, 420 foot pounds of torque. (laughs) So when you take a soft top Defender that weighs 3,800 pounds, your pound, your, your horsepower, to weight ratios, phenomenal. A lot better. You know, you've taken an iconic brand and made it even better, even cooler. So is there a ratio right now that you're doing from restorations to original to modified? Do you tend to do more modified or is it kind of even? No, we do. We do more modified. Yeah, I would guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So that, that's kind of the... It, yeah, that's that's the thing. The only real trucks that we keep bone stock, it would be like one of the the 500 NASs, and we if they're still savable, we'll we try to save those because mm-hmm. those have a place in history. If it's pretty rotten and crusty, then and the and the and the owner gives me the go ahead, then it's going to look like a wolf, you know a sheep in wolf's clothing. I mean, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, I <laughs> yeah. should say, <laughs> yeah. because it's going to ha- it's going to look like the original 182 horsepower, um, and you're going to walk up and you're never going to know it until you until you push the skin pedal. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So if I came to you, then you can also do things like customize pretty much anything I want. So if I want a unique color, interior options, things like that, uh, I can make this thing anything I want. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We've got a truck that'll be heading out to Utah next week that we did um, a what did we do? We did um, leather and tweed interior, Ooh, nice. and it's got it's, and it's got teak floors all in the back oh and on the God. back door. And so, and and it we built for a couple. And outside, it has kind of a, re- a retro modern look. So mm-hmm. it's got the galvanized bumpers. It's got the aluminum grill. Um, doesn't have all the lights and all the all the extra fancy stuff. And then inside with the tweed and the boat style interior, it's just a it's just a beautiful truck. So these things can be rather stealthy, but very very bespoke, which is. Absolutely wonderful. I, I think this is, is so cool. Sounds like a really fun thing to do it. When you go back in time, what was it about these vehicles that just struck a chord in this farm boy from the Midwest? Right. Um, I just, I think this the uniqueness of them. I mean, you kind of hit it. It just has that iconic look. So when you look at the Defenders that they killed in 2016, it still looks like the original series one yeah. from the 1950s. You can still see it. And and what I tell people is, is we've improved the drivetrain. We've improved the amenities and luxury of it, but it still has the nuances that kind of makes it fun and unique. It, it, if everything about it was perfect, it would be a Toyota, right? Yeah. But then it would be kind of boring. And so we still want to hang on. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a box going down the road. So you still got wind noise and you still got some of the, you know, you still got a little more cramped space, but all those things are also what makes it so great. Yeah. They give it a life in and of itself. Yes, sir. When you think about what you're doing, I mean, you're creating dreams for people and that's pretty darn special way to go through life and then make a living doing it is even more special. What's your favorite part of of creating these vehicles? Is it the start, the tear down, the build or the delivery? Um, you know, it's probably fitting the truck to the person. 
Meaning, so I, I handle everything myself directly, only me. And so you start talking to people and they have ideas of what they want. And then I want to make sure what they want is not necessarily what they need. And what I mean by that is, is I don't really sell a vehicle that anybody needs. I sell something that somebody wants. So I want to make sure that we beat their expectations. So sometimes having that conversation on, well, how are you going to use it? Where's it going to be? How big are you? <laughs> you know, do you have a, do you have a short wife? You know, all these kinds of things to make sure we got steps, we got enough leg room, we've got all the extra amenities you want. Like if you're into fly fishing and you're going to, or bird hunting and you're going to take your dog with it, then you don't want carpet. You don't want some of these things. You might want the side windows to open up for the dogs. So there's all these little custom tailoring things that we try to do so that end of the day, even though I've built five, 600 of these, they're all, they're all unique. And that's why I, I joke with people all the time, because if somebody buys one of my old builds and they'll say, they'll start telling me the VIN number. And I'm like, no, no, just, just give me a picture of it. Because once I see a picture, I can remember every single one of them. I tell them, I, tell, I make a joke all the time. I said, I'm like that little old lady with a whole bunch of grandkids, <laughs> you, you know, you know, just yeah. their first names, but you know everything. And that's how they are. They're all like my little kids. And so I remember everyone. So, and that's why I deliver almost every single one of my builds myself, whether it's, you know, in down the street or in, in Washington, I make the deliveries on 95% of these because I like to meet the owners. I like to see them because honestly, a lot of times that's the first time and the only time we've ever met. Wow. That's impressive. Well, it's really fun. Again, you're building dreams for people, which what a, what a way to go through life. When you think about your driving inspirations, key mentors in your life, people that were very influential or perhaps helped you get to where you are today. Uh, maybe who might that be? Uh, that's a tough question there, Mark. <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't really, you know, truth be told, I didn't really grow up in a car family because I grew up in a, in a farming family. But I always have had a passion for them ever since I was a little kid. You know, my dad had a couple cool cars, but then everything was pretty much work oriented. And I always tell a joke that, you know, my, my dad makes it. So even when I was like in high school, I would buy cars and fix them up and flip them and make a little bit of money and trade. Wow. I always, you I love wheels. Oh yeah. Yeah. Car, cars have been in me forever. Before that it was bicycles. Cause that, that mm -hmm. had wheels, you know, I realized if you had wheels and money, you could get girls. And so that's, <laughs> that's, it's really all about girls. In the end. There you go. That's where it started. But, yeah. yeah, that's right. It's to chase girls. But it, uh, yeah, I remember my dad a couple of years ago, he goes, you know, I'm just really happy you figured out a way to make money with this car problem. <laughs> because as, as a young person, you know, in, in a Midwestern conservative family, you're taught buy something, take care of it and keep it till it dies. And I was the exact opposite. I was buying stuff, fixing it up and had it where it was perfect. And then I would sell it, you know, and that, yeah. cause I got bored and I love that aspect of working on the cars and modifying them and changing them and making them unique. You know, I don't I think I've ever had a car where you walk out in the parking lot and you get confused which one's yours. <laughs> I, I always like to know, which is a good and bad thing. You know, in a town of my size, I can't hide from anybody. They know everywhere I'm at. They know where Aaron is at all times. <laughs> That's right. They know. It. It's always funny because they'll be like, was that you in that Defender? I'm like, yeah, of course it was. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm, I'm switching cars every day. So I, I think it was just that passion for uniqueness and and modifications. And then that's really, you know, with Land Rovers and definitely some other cars too, but you've just really got that ability to individualize every single one of them. Yeah, I think it's great. You're the quintessential Cars Yeah guest. You figured out how to wrap your passion into what you do, and that's pretty darn cool. If somebody, a young person perhaps, wanted to get into a business like yours or head down this path in some way, 
what's a couple ways you would advise them? You know, if you went back and talked to your 20 year old self, what would you say? Um, that's a tough, that's another, I mean, you got some tough questions. Of here, course. Mark. I don't want to make this too easy yeah. for you. We're, we're in a, a defender, you know, those things are made for going over rough ground, not cruising down a little side street. You know, I think every builder guy would tell you it's never easy. There's always a breakthrough moment. You never know when it's going to happen. It's really, it's a very big personality driven business. And I think when it's a business, you've got to hire people that are better than you at the technical aspect and try to get people's strengths and weaknesses. And sometimes the artist is not the best business person and the owner is not the best tech. I I joke about that all the time. You do not want me working on your car myself. (laughs) And so, you know, I think it's like, honestly, it's about like any other business. You've really got to hire people that are better at doing stuff than you are. So you do what you're good at and then bringing out the strengths in them. But as far as telling somebody, it's a networking thing. And then honestly, it's it's an expensive business to, to jump into. You know, you're, you're, you're not getting started and starting from your bootstraps. And, and I don't want anybody to think that's how I did it because it, it's it's an expensive business to get into properly because all the equipment's expensive, the space is expensive. And if you're going to build a quality product, it, it's expensive because my products are expensive, but they cost a lot of money to build and that's where you want to be. Um, and I see so many other people that come in and try to compete with and do things and they just have an inferior product that gives people a, you know, kind of a bad persona of it. Right. And work hard. I'm sure that's another big aspect of it. Just you got to work yeah, hard. You don't, and you know, the, the old saying is I like changing it up. You know, don't necessarily do what you love because sometimes that can change it, right? But what you want to make sure you do is that you still enjoy it. You still have a passion for it. You don't have to love it per se, but you still got to really be excited and enjoy it. If you enjoy it, then, then you're, you're, it's a home run. I mean, it's just where you want to be in life. Oh yeah, most definitely. We'll take a short break. We come back. We'll talk a little bit about a challenge. So uh, hang on to your seats. You're going overland today with Aaron and we'll be right back. Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels and it takes more than a wrench and oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars Yeah! supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology. It's in high demand. You get paid really well. And you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles. And you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road. Visit techforce.org today and learn how. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, Their auctions are world-class lifestyle events where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars Yeah listeners. 
I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first ever Barrett Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars Yeah and check out the Barrett Jackson website for unique details on this new exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. All right, Aaron. So we talked a little bit in the last part of the show about this is tough business to be in. There's a breakthrough moment and so forth. But I'd love for you to share a big challenge you faced along the way. Obstacle, maybe even a big, hairy failure that caused you a bit of a challenge, but you overcame it. And this is really more about what it taught you so you could move forward. So take us on a little bit of a rough ride, would you? Yeah, for absolutely, absolutely. You know, I I think that there's many of them in the beginning. Like I told you guys before, I started off, you know, small time. I actually did kind of build my way up, built the business, was enjoying it, loving the cars, but I was in a different market. I was in what I call the lower end market. I kind of the I don't want to call it the working class because it sounds doesn't sound right. But I mean, I was building the lower end trucks and I was not doing full restorations and modifications. I was mostly doing some mild engine swaps and, and add-ons and accessories. And what was tough was is when people paid 20, 25 grand for these trucks and they expected them to perform like a $25,000 F-150 and, and, and they didn't. So there were moments where, you know, you're trying to kind of have a reality talk with the owner slash buyer into what they're really buying um, back then. And so that was always kind of a tough and it never really sat well with me um, because here's people sometimes pouring out all their money on this toy that they've obsessed over. And, and then it's not, it doesn't drive like a Toyota. You know what I mean? It's, it's got issues and it's a, it's a word. So, so we, we were, we were hard at it. And then actually I, I took a little bit of time and scaled back. Like I said, before the break, it's always got to be fun. And in all my companies, if I'm not having fun and, you know, you know, there's always tough days in in anything. It's like a marriage. There's always tough days and you got to, you got to grind it out. But if it's not overall fun and it's not enjoyable and you're dreading it, then that's when you got to really reflect on life. And so that was when I kind of pulled back a little bit and scaled my business back and took a little bit of a breather. And it gave me time to focus on other projects and also kind of reflect on life. And so we we scaled way back for about a year. And what I realized over that year was is how much I missed it, how much I loved it, how it was in my blood, and I was probably never going to get away from it. Um, and then when I kind of, what I call caught my second wind, as you would say, um, kind of came back from getting knocked down. I came in with a lot of money and I bought a lot of equipment. I bought a lot of tools. And that was when I made a decision that I was only building the best trucks and nothing less. And my price point was going to go up dramatically, but I would never have to apologize for anything that I built. You know, you hit a, or you dropped, I should say, a really big golden nugget on us here. And that is clearly defining in your business, your niche and what you want that to be. And not trying to be something for everybody, but targeting and narrowing that target into a laser finish of what you really want to build. And in your case, top end, high class, that eliminates anybody down at the bottom who's going to not understand what it is they're buying and think they're going to sit in a new Toyota. And you've heard this from people that they have this dream idea of a vintage car they've always wanted. And they finally get it, and they're so disappointed. I'll I'll pick on old Corvettes as a great example, just (laughs) because I know some friends that have done this. And then they drive them, and they go, 
this thing sucks. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, because we're, we've been so dumbed down. I mean, you can jump in a new, you mentioned Toyota, jump in a new Toyota today and it'll go faster than my Porsche Turbo. That's a 1987, which was the fastest car in the world back in its day, right? Uh, or yeah. a Honda Civic or something. You know, I mean, it's just incredible. So I think it's really important that those folks out there listening that want to start any kind of business to really narrow down and in your case, I would assume what you did was you really thought hard during that year about who do I want my customer to be? Is that right? hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. And you have to then, that's how you have to build. And and whatever type of customer that is, it's not right or wrong. It's your customer. So you've got to make sure, and I think you said it a while ago, you, you know, they were saying you can please some of the people some of the time, but not all the people all the time. You got to make sure whoever you're going after, that's who you're pleasing. In any business, define your avatar. It's it's so important, and it will make your life so much better. It's the old jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Um, not too many people do well in that. Maybe Jeff Bezos, as far as selling stuff to the world and Amazon. Yeah. But, you know, he did start as a master of one, books. That's right. That's how he built that brand at the very beginning. So then you can spread out if that's your, your nature. When you think about a bucket list, you know, you guys just have, I mentioned this new kind of a, the 1997 Land Rover Defender soft tops. And you guys are taking those now, building them. I would assume as you look ahead to your wish list, bucket list, do you see special vehicles like this in your future for Osprey? No, um, the Defenders will probably forever define who we are. Now, we always do fun little niche projects in between. So like, you know, the Broncos, I'm going to step on some of the big Bronco guys' toes because we, we do the same thing. We build $200,000 Broncos. We don't advertise them much because usually they're going to our customer. In in our back building, we've got a whole other division. And by division, I mean, it's two guys. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the whole division. We'll right? define so that vision. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. It's small. But what we are doing back there is kind of the weird, fun stuff because I grew up on a farm. So, for instance, like our projects in that back room now, we got a 54 Ford F100 complete frame off restoration. And it's we we painted it Mercedes AMG GTR green. So it, it, it's it's cool. We got a uh, one of the original General Lees from the TV show '69, oh oh all signed, and we're doing we're doing a complete frame off on it, obviously. And it's a uh, it's a Hellcat build, so oh. we're putting a Hell, we got a Hellcat oh red eye underneath gosh. the hood. Whoa. We've got a '66 Chevy that we're doing an LSX build in, and so back in the back room is where we kind of play. We don't advertise that. We don't put it on the internet much. It's really for our already established customers that are like, hey, I love my Defender, but have you ever done one of these? And then we're like, yeah. And so that gives us a chance, you know, like I, we, bit, we built an LT4 power plant at 72 Nova Ooh. last year, and we had it tuned out at 738 horsepower, 680 foot-pounds of torque. And, you know, so that's kind of our fun one. And, and they're all, as you'll see, they're all kind of, a, you know, my wife calls them like Midwestern redneck. <laughs> But, you know, they're they're all very top-end gourmet builds that, that hit all the local car shows and cars and coffees uh, where they're at. And you would never think that, you know, the guys that do four-wheel drives are in the back room. That's where we play with the fun toys. I don't think I aspire to turn it into a whole other branch, but I, we still probably do five to six of them a year. Yeah. And it's fun and it's neat. Um, cause it, it gets me out of my comfort zone where I have to think and do homework again and come up with designs for it. And so that, that's why I in, in, enjoy that thing. 
How cool. So you got your own little Osprey Skunk Works going on in the back room. There. Yeah, that's, a little bit. Yeah, only for customers, though. It's only for customers. Yeah, so. yeah. well, that's very cool. Well, there's a uh, incentive to become a customer with uh, one of your uh, Defender builds and then do something special. Why not? Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I love it. Well, let's talk about a really special vehicle in your life. Now, you've had a lot because of all these builds, but I want you to narrow in on one vehicle in your life that really stands out, a car that you've owned. It doesn't have to be something special, but something that had meaning for you. And take us on a little journey in that ride. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, you know, with a guy like me, there's going to be a, quite a few of them. <laughs> well, that's why it's hard to narrow down, but maybe one that just oh, pops yeah, in your yeah. head today. You know, yeah, so I'll, I'll take it back. You know, so for me, probably one of the quintessential cars that really was a game changer. I went all in and had a 1988 Turbo Supra. So there we are back at Toyota. And the reason I had, I loved that car with the target top and the turbo and it had the climate control and it seemed so high tech. But I grew up where everybody was all into American cars, you know, IROXs and Formula Ones and all that stuff. And don't get me wrong, I still love them. But even though I liked those cars, I wanted something different even at that age. And so right out of high school, one of the first things I did was split off and, and buy an import. Right. And mm. and here I am. And so I'm British cars. But that was probably a real game changer for me into having something that was kind of ahead of its time, had a cool style to it. And then I would say, right, I don't think I've ever went back to driving what I consider to be a vanilla car. E even even my tow vehicle, my customers will tell you when I roll in to deliver your 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 custom defender, it's the tow vehicle matches. I mean, the truck's good. The trailer's good. Everything has to be gourmet yeah. that I like and the way I, I do it. And, and that goes all the way down through my kids' cars. I joke with my kids. They have they know that they're lucky because <laughs> their dad's a diehard car guy. So no way was I buying my kids a, a Nissan Sentra or anything, yeah. you know? Yeah. So they've all got really cool cars and I always customize them. <laughs> uh, it's, not a, it's not a matter what they want. It's how I want it to look because I got to put that panache on it so that in yeah. the end of the day, they've got something that, because that I ultimately wanted them to have something they would keep for decades well yeah lucky kids indeed <laughs> for sure hey, i want to be your kid aaron that there sounds that sounds like fun well let me crawl into your head a little bit here if you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle this isn't what you want to be it's your personality which is very unique high-end cool quality different what would aaron be and why you know Probably a Pagani. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And, and, Here we and, go. <laughs> and, the, and the reason I'm going to go that extreme is is I, I love speed. I love uniqueness. I, I, I do like attention, but not ostentatiously why. And I like the refinement of it. And so I like the way things are put together. And then, you know, I don't want – there's not two of me. <laughs> so are we talking like a Huayra? Uh, you know, I, listen, if you've ever been around his cars or been to the factory, they're all have their uniqueness. Yeah. And so you, it doesn't matter how overstated or understated, but uh, they're absolute works of art. Not that I think I'm a work of art now that I said that out loud, <laughs> but I like it that people think, wow, what is that? Like I make a, st a story and I tell my kids all the time. I say, listen, I got a goal in life that anytime I enter a room, I want to be noticed. 
I want people to know that I was there. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to be happy that I left that kind of notice, <laughs> but I want, I want people to think, wow, that's a, that's an interesting person. So, you know, when I walk into a room, I want to brighten people up. I want to talk, I want to joke around. Yeah. I want people to recognize, cause really what I'm doing is networking. And I like that aspect and I like that ability to communicate and then People have approached you because they're going to ask you. So if you're a high-end Italian car, they're going to come up and ask you questions. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not just any Italian car because some of them are ostentatious. Sure. But I want people to have that that approach because that's my goal in life is to see, touch, and talk to as many people as I can, which really is the foundation to any good business. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I got to spend a day with the Pagani and oh my gosh, I mean, it's like a work of art, jewelry. Every little piece of it is like a piece of jewelry. I mean, they really think through everything that they're doing there. Every little piece is the amount of hours and and the intensive labor. And Uh. yes, no little piece has, is just there. Right. Yeah. Off the shelf. It's all custom designed. It all has a purpose. And it, yeah, it's just beautiful. Yeah, quite quite incredible. I think you you might be one of the first Paganis here, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. And by the way, the the owner or the founder of Pagani's son, Chris, was a guest here on Cars, yeah, not too long ago. You can go back and find his show number 1354, I believe. It was a couple of years ago. Very interesting talk with him. Now, what's one of the ways that you like to give back to others in the automotive sector? You know, like I said, we, we've got a, I shouldn't say open door policy, but we, we like to talk. I mean, I get people that call me and, and talk to me. You know, people know that if, if you're having questions or you're thinking about stuff, I don't have to have all the business or even want all the business. You know, if I can help people in, in their like in the Land Rover world, if they got specific questions, I have no problem telling them. I don't have a problem telling them where I get stuff um, and, and sourcing things out. And if you're in the high-end Land Rover business, I'll, I'll share ideas with you and, and, and help you out on things that we've done, problems that we've solved. So I, I, I like that stuff on it. And then, you know, like our, our workforce is a, is a unique group of, of guys and gals that are, some of them are old timers, been around a long time and wanted to come back to the roots. Some of them are dealership guys and they want to get out of the grind. And really the dealership guys are probably the guys I, I pour the most into because they have good hearts, but they got stuck in the treadmill of a dealership. And I think most guys and gals that get into automotive mechanical side of things want to do what we do, but don't know how to make money. And, and you know, in the custom car world, a lot of the shops aren't successful or fold up. So that's a big leap of faith for, you know, these people to, you know, kind of put their families in your hand to make sure that they're going to have a paycheck steadily. And so, you know, I, I tell the guys all the time, I say, listen, you guys are worried about today and tomorrow. I'm, I'm worried about next week and next month because at the end of the day, I've, I've got to run this machine and this machine provides for, you know, 20 different families. And so, so that, that is, and so, you know, even if, if even these young guys, sometimes they don't have the good skills, but we'll bring them in and, and, and teach them some stuff and, and point them in the right direction. I've had guys that are good at for us, but actually I know they're better at other things and I'll, I'll pass them around in the community and help open doors for them where it's like, Hey dude, you, you know what you're good at is this. So, and here's a guy, um, that would be better equipped so that they can grow in, in their, in their own lives. Well, it's great. Uh, my listeners know that tech force foundation is my charity of choice. They provide a way for young people these days to find uh, meaningful jobs in the tech world, all different parts of the tech world, which is cool. And I think a lot of young people are learning that that is a viable career path for people to take. You know, going to college and getting a degree that really is not worth the paper it's printed on, uh, a lot of people are starting to realize that's not the right way to go. And when they can find and land and have the skill sets to be in a shop like yours, it is truly a dream. 
come true. So you're providing jobs for some great people and, like you said, uh, food and a lifestyle for people as well. So I think that's fantastic. Now, before we go into Ultimate Drive, is there a great book you'd like to share that uh, you think our listeners will glean a bit from? Well, yeah, yeah, you know, it's going to go back to an oldie. Um, I, I really like Ted Simon. Ah, in, okay. in Jupiter Travels. Mm-hmm. I think Ted is a very interesting fellow to meet. I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting him a couple times. Oh, you and, have? And oh, talking, cool. oh, yeah. And talking to him at, at Overland rallies. If you're into overlanding and adventure and solitude and all this crap people are doing nowadays, I call it crap because now it's like, <laughs> now it's trendy yeah. to do, to do they, van they call life. It glamping and, now. Glamping. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and, and they call it trend, you know, you do the van life and the motorcycle trips and all this stuff. Right. But Ted in the early 70s literally got on a bike in, in England. And left, yeah, and just rode. Had a had a had a path, and he he's a good rider. And over the course of his books, you watch his riding skills grow and get better as well as he tells his story. But he was out there doing it before anybody. I mean, people had done it, but you know, it's not like now where you can watch videos and see things and you can figure out border crossings and where wars are going on and sure. where we're hated and where we're like. Ted just got on a motorcycle with what he had in his pocket and went. And I, you know, he was kind of like, I call him a, a British cowboy. You know, he, he kind of just got on his, his steel horse and went for it, man. And so I, I think Ted's adventure is is very inspiring. If you don't just think about a motorcycle, but you think about it like he just one day decided this is what he's going to do. He bucked the trends, went against the norm and, and went and did it. And he did it for pure passion. He wasn't doing it for money. He wasn't doing it for his Instagram feed or to get royalties or sponsorships yeah. Yeah. or any of that. Just the pure love of meeting people, experiencing the world and the freedom that he got from from a motorcycle. Mm. I think it's a good, not only a good read and funny read, but I, I think if you really sit back and look at the meaning of it, and I don't, I'm pretty confident Ted didn't have any real meaning in the book. Mm -hmm. But when you think about what he did uh, innately, I think it's really remarkable. Really is. He is kind of known as the godfather of motorcycle overlanding, if you will. And uh, I'll put a link so you can get your hands on that book. But I'll also put a few more links on Aaron Shona's page about there's some videos out there as well on YouTube about uh, Ted Simon, Jupiter's Travels and and what he did. Yeah, really quite the adventurer. So uh, That's great that you mentioned him. Fantastic. Well, let's go on the ultimate overland, okay? You get to pick the vehicle we're going to be in. You get to pick the person you're with. This could be somebody living or deceased. And then maybe what you're going to be asking this person. What are you going to be talking about? So uh, take us on a little drive. Yeah, my my favorite vehicle would be probably the Defender 130. The two-door equipped out with, with a camper. And I actually own one, so that's why it's my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. And the reason being is that's the kind of vehicle that I could get in now in eastern North Carolina. I could drive to Ujuea as far. So that's what I would drive. That's where I would go. Who I would take with me. Yeah, who would you be with? Yeah. Well, it's all, I mean, it's got to be a stimulating conversation. My wife would tell you I'd take Giselle, but then that'd probably get boring by the time I hit Texas. (laughs) So, and Tom Brady would probably hunt me down by then and and, and, and come come after me. So I better take her off my list. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, nah, you know what? Now that I had a minute to uh, take it and it's actually somebody alive and I admire, I'd actually probably take Elon Musk. Oh, One, now that would be cool. Yeah. I think he is an absolute genius. Love him or hate him. That man is smart. He knows how to dive in. He knows how to have an educated conversation. So by the time Elon and I met up, I'm sure he would know a hundred things about me that I didn't even know. I find him very unique 
in the not individualistic way, but he seems his conversation style is a little bit different than you and I, I would say. Of course. But I don't think you would ever run out of topics. And I would see it as a chance to pick his brain and probably advance my knowledge in a lot of ways in a narcissistic style because you would come away with so many nuggets and information for a guy that really for the end of time will always be remembered. And, uh, and if he, if Elon turned me down, take it Richard Branson. Cause there's a guy, <laughs> there's, there's a guy one. that's, that's done everything. Yeah, it, circle. exactly. You know, um, I don't watch Saturday Night Live anymore. I haven't watched it for a long time cause it's gotten way too political, but he was their guest and I watched the opening monologue with him and he told everybody for the first time I've got Asperger's and I went, Oh, okay. That makes sense. I mean, because yeah. when you listen to him speak, he's a difficult guy to listen to. He bounces around. You like not, you always think, ah, uh, not very eloquent. But I've known people with Asperger's, and you go, oh, of course, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, he's beyond. He's from Mars. I mean, that's why he's trying to get back there, trying to get back he home. Is. He is an incredible person. Uh, that would be one amazing drive. Yeah, with Elon Musk and Sir Richard Branson. Not a bad one either. Maybe you take both of them. There you go. Yeah. That sounds good. I would sit in the back seat and let those two talk. Let those two. Oh, now that would be something, wouldn't it? Yes, oh, sir. my gosh. Yeah. That fly in a wall. There you go. Well, and, and you know, it's two generations, really, because those guys, yeah. personality wise, are really not too far separated. Uh, and I've had the pleasure of meeting uh, Richard one time. Nice. And he is also unique to talk to. Um, and, and those guys, when you meet them, and so when he came out with the Osprey thing, I was, I was actually sitting in the background going, well, I kind of always assumed that um, uh, about, about Elon. But they always seem to be in another place when they're there. Yes, exactly. And they are. They're, they're talking to you. They're conversing. But the other portion of their brain is working on something. Always working on something. You don't build what he's built. And you said love him or hate him. He's definitely got people that uh, don't care for him. But I just, I just hold him in the highest esteem. Just the fact that he made it easy for me to buy and sell on eBay you know, with PayPal. There you go. I mean, he just figured that one out. Which for sure we look back now and take for granted, but ah, what he's doing is incredible, wonderful. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful drive, a ride today, Aaron. I really appreciate teaching us more about Osprey and this business you built. Quite amazing, really, really hold you in in high regards. Before I let you go, could you share one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance, maybe a quote or a saying that would help us as we say goodbye today? Yeah, well, yeah. So, so I, I read a quote, and I really don't want to say who it is because some them get it. But I've read a thing that fear is the disease, hustle is the antidote. Mm, yeah, and I think for any entrepreneur, that's something that they should always think about because, you know, I, I try telling people all the time in life when you hit if things stress can be bad and stress can be good. Any weightlifter, any athlete, any professional has had to go through stress and conquering that stress is not a, is a good thing. And that stress helps you grow. You want your muscles to grow. That's good stress. So when you hit fear and you think I could be safe and stay home on a Saturday, Sunday and never grow anything outside of this, it's the hustler, the hustle. And I tell people all the time, hustlers are not necessarily a bad thing. That just means they're a hard worker. How they choose to use that hustle is whether it can be good or bad. It's like guns. Guns can be good or guns can be bad. It's all based on the person with the gun. And that's how, that's how hustle is. But yeah, fear is the disease and hustle is the antidote. 
Oh boy, boy, is that a true one. Wonderful way to say goodbye with you today. But before I do, what are some ways people can learn more about Osprey Custom Cars? Uh, I'm very, very high touch. You can go to ospreycustomcars.com. And on there is actually my email and my cell phone. Um, you can read about us and see us. But, yeah, if you're interested or you got questions and, and really about anything, you can you can hit me up right there. It's awesome. Uh, check it out. Go to the website. Have some fun. Dream some dreams. And if this is something that you want, now you've found the guy to build that ultimate overlander for you. You can find everything on Aaron's show notes page. Just go to carsyet.com. Type in Aaron Richardet, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-E-T, or just put Aaron yes, in there, and you'll find him right there. And I want to do a shout-out to Doug Holland at Publicity Factory for introducing me to Aaron. Doug, nice job. Thank you for putting us together. Aaron, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing the wonderful story of your life and Osprey. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I hope I see you down the road. Mark, I really appreciate the time. It was wonderful to spend this last hour with you. And yeah, again, I'll see you down the road. Absolutely. Can't wait to go for a ride. (laughs) That'll be fun. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And don't forget to use the code cars. Yeah, when you check out, because they'll give you $10 off linkage geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at linkagemag.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at cars. Yeah, drive on over to cars. to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of filler up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!